Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Please forgive the length of this message. This is probably the last time I have access to a computer, so I thought I'd better write this all down while I can. Get it to those who should know. I'm leaving town. I don't know where I'm going. I'm just getting as far away as I can. So as some of you may know, I opened up a shop a little over a year ago. It was doing decent, but not the way I wanted. But I'm not going to be ungrateful about it. And I've always been grateful to all my customers who would come to me exclusively when God knows there are so many already established places in town. I've been doing well enough that I was able to hire on my buddy, Lewis, a few months ago, and he's been working hard and helping out really well, as I always knew he would. One night, I decided to have my buddy Lewis over at my house, since my wife was out of town for the weekend. And that's the day that I think everything actually started. Because when I got back from my shopping, something seemed strange with Lewis. He had oil all over himself. Even some of it was smeared across his face, as if he tried to drink it or something. I told him to go home and clean himself up. He came back 45 minutes later. It was still much quieter than usual. He worked as well as he ever did but something just seemed off about him. I asked him if anything happened while I was out, and he just shook his head, and he just muttered something unintelligible. I asked him to repeat himself, and he turned and glared at me, and for the briefest moment, I could have swore his eyes appeared to be completely black. No iris, no sclera, just utter all-consuming blackness. I stumbled back and bumped a shelf, knocking things down. When I looked back at him, he was still looking at me, but he didn't seem to be glaring hatefully the way he had before. He just seemed kind of out of it. I assumed his car needed to be oiled and he just accidentally spilled it, so I asked if he had any trouble and he simply shrugged. I looked around the garage while he was gone and I saw no traces of an oil spill. So whatever had happened, he must have gotten it all on himself, and none of it anywhere else, miraculously. But he seemed reluctant to talk about it. I didn't press the issue, and we worked on throughout the day. That day and the next were relatively normal, other than him still being awkward and quiet. I asked him if he'd like to go out and get us lunch while I tended the shop. He said sure. When he came back... I was busy doing paperwork, so he put the food on the counter in the office to wait for me, and he went ahead and ate. I finished up with a customer. 
We'd have to keep her car overnight to figure out why it kept dying on her. So I asked Neil to give her a ride home, and then I went to grab my food. He bought me some Chinese food and a nice tea, so I opened the soy sauce packets to pour some over my food, when I noticed the strangest thing. It was as if the soy sauce was a living thing somehow, spreading out like dozens of squirming inky black maggots when it fell into the fried rice and burying itself inside. I took the fork and started to scoop out the rice to look deeper inside, and small smoky tendrils would rise from the rice occasionally and dissipate. I was incredibly hungry at that point, but I was way too creeped out to eat it, so I chucked it and the iced tea in the garbage, and decided I'd just wait till I got home that evening to eat something I'd prepared with my own hands. I'd never in my life seen anything remotely like that, and I couldn't even fathom how I would ask Lewis if he'd noticed anything similar. As cold and distant as he'd already been lately, I was sure he'd look at me like I was a Looney Tune, so I just shut up about it. That Friday he went down to the old watering hole as we always do to get some drinks and watch the local bands play, and Lewis was just as quiet as he was all week. Now, he's not a bad-looking fellow, and so despite him not really going out of his way to speak to anyone, a woman came over to where he was sitting, started talking to him, and they ended up leaving together that night. Monday morning, I tried breaking the ice by asking how his weekend went. He gave me a nod and muttered, Alright. So I asked him if he got lucky, and he gave me the smallest grin which was quite possibly the first grin I'd seen on his face in a week, and said, It went well. I didn't pressure him for details. I knew he'd share if he chose to, and his small grin was enough to assuage my worries and lend me some hope that he might get back to his old self soon. The day was busy, till about 3pm. I had a spare moment in the office, and I listened to the radio had a cup of coffee, and so there I was, leaning back in my chair with my feet propped up on my desk. When I looked in my drawer, I remembered I had a few Garfield, Tom and Jerry, and Looney Tunes comic books. I opened them up, but what I saw was bizarrely and creepily different. The Garfield, Looney Tunes, and Tom and Jerry comic panels seemed normal, except for the second on. It had a blackish dark color, and the characters had long black tentacles coming out of their bodies, along with black bleeding eyes, and in each of the comics said creepy things such as, It Comes. I sat shocked at the comics, and then the most horrific thing happened. The blood started slowly flowing towards my finger, and the characters were looking directly at me. I threw myself away from the desk. I left the office and yelled for Lewis. I could not be the only one seeing this. To my surprise, he had gone. And so I hesitantly walked back to the office and peered inside. The comics were still corrupted, but they no longer appeared to be moving. I crept over to it and reached out to pluck one of the comics free when I noticed the blood coming towards my finger again. 
only faster. So I jerked my hand away. Hell, nothing good could possibly come from letting that blood touch my skin. Of course, I ripped the entire bulletin board down in the comics and I burned it in a tin trash can out back. I never spoke of it again. That night, I went home and my wife was already in bed, fast asleep. My mind was racing. I couldn't even bring myself to eat dinner that night. With no one to vent my worries to, I fell into a restless sleep, kept awaking to nightmare after nightmare seemingly every hour of the night until I just gave up on sleep entirely. And that Friday, I went to the bar again, even though my wife couldn't drink, you know, being pregnant and all. And Neil really wasn't fun to hang out with anymore, and none of my other friends could seem to be reached. I just needed a good buzz, and I'd start feeling better, I reckoned. After downing a couple of beers, I excused myself to the restroom, when I noticed I was more inebriated than I had estimated. So I leaned over to the sink to splash some water onto my face, and that's when I heard it like a sheet of fabric being dragged across the floor. A voice rasped ever so quietly out of the drain. It sounded like a prolonged exhale for the longest time, until I finally recognized words hidden amongst all those vowels. It comes. Cracks appeared in the porcelain, snaking out from the ring around the drain. At least they looked like cracks at first, but... After a few seconds, I recognized them as the same blood coming from the comics earlier that week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I ran out of the bathroom, and I ran right into someone. I turned around and stared up into the pitch-black eyes of a six-and-a-half-foot biker with tattoos covering every piece of exposed skin besides his hands and head. I stumbled quickly away from him, and his evil, piercing gaze followed me as I retreated throughout the bar. It felt like a dream, where whenever you're running for your life... It feels like running through quicksand. As I walked across the room, I noticed the biker wasn't the only one staring at me. It seemed every pair of eyes in the place were focused on me, and more than half of those eyes appeared to be perfectly black, with no hint of iris or sclera. A few lips moved, and though I couldn't hear their voices over the sound of the jukebox, I could easily guess what they were saying. It comes. I went home. This was only when things got a bit more scary. When I went to my room, my computer was for some reason on. PowerPoint was on the screen. A sentence written by someone. The sentence said, To invoke thy father that kills our naughty children. It's what waits under the bed. I was scared and confused, and the only question I had was, 
What the hell is this? But you see, things didn't stop there. Whenever I tried to close PowerPoint, there was a strange file downloaded. It was called ic.exe. And whenever I opened that file, there were six images. And they were disturbing. They were edited photos of Daffy Duck, Bugs Bunny, Garfield, Tom, Jerry, and Odie with black bleeding eyes and tentacles with all of them saying the words, It comes. I don't think I got a wink of sleep that night. I hadn't been getting much sleep for the past couple of weeks, as a matter of fact, which I'm guessing those of you who would have spoken to me recently could have guessed. I kept seeing those pitch black eyes staring at me, and I'm afraid everyone I see will turn and whisper those words to me, staring deep into my soul with that evil glare. Every time I go near a sink or go to grab a bite to eat, I'm afraid I'll see the blood coming out. Hell, even my wife had seemed cold and distanced lately. And then tonight, as I'm driving home from work, struggling to keep my eyes open so that I didn't drift into oncoming traffic, my cell phone rang, and it was my wife. She was on her way to the hospital to have our baby, and for the first time in two weeks, I was actually happy. She was in the labor room strapped to a monitor when I got there, watching for her contractions. She barely noticed when I walked in, but didn't seem startled when I sat down beside her and took her hand in mine. I tried talking to her, but she was unresponsive. And I was so tired, I didn't even realize I had started to drift off to sleep until the nurses came in and started moving her to the delivery room about a half hour later. I put on my scrubs and a hairnet, and I went in with her to hold her hand and coach her through, like they trained us in the Maz. When she started cursing and screaming, I was prepared for that as well as her ever-tightening grip on my hand, but when I saw the movement in her stomach, my mind started to reel. The doctor said the baby was crowning, and told her to push. I echoed his orders, and she screamed at me with a voice I couldn't even begin to describe. And when I looked down at her, she was staring at me with the same eyes I'd seen on the biker, the same eyes I thought I'd seen on Lewis weeks before. I tried to jerk my hand away, but she maintained her grip, and black tar-like blood splashed the front of the doctor's scrubs. But he seemed to pay no heed. When I looked at her stomach again, black veins seemed to stand out beneath her skin, pulsating. She continued to stare at me, and she was no longer screaming, just grinning those obsidian eyes boring into me. To invoke thy father that kills our naughty children, it is what waits under the bed, she says. Then the doctor says, it is what waits under the bed, in a palace of tortured fire, served by legions forged from the tears of the sleepless dead. He stared down at my child. My child 
laying silently, cradled in his blood-stained hands. He looked up and raised the baby, and it appeared to be covered in blood, exactly the same way as the comics were. It did not cry out, but it was alive, and it moved when he held it up. But when its eyes opened, they were as black as my wife's, as black as the doctor's. In unison, they all breathed his name. A Coco. I ripped my hand free of my wife's iron grip and stumbled out of the room, barreling into the nurses passing in the corridor just outside, and when I stood up and looked back into the room, I could see the blood seeming to extend from the doctor and my newborn across the floor to where I stood, and I turned and ran down the hall to the elevator and slammed my finger into the buttons. When I looked back, the blood had come into the hallway until it slithered over their feet and up their legs, at which point they abruptly stopped, turned, and looked at me with those same obsidian eyes. Well, I abandoned my effort to call the elevator and broke into a panicked run for the stairs. I ran down the fifteen flights of stairs all the way to the lobby, tore ass out into the parking lot, hopped in my car and started driving. I didn't know where the hell I was going. I just had to get the hell out of there. I didn't know if I was going crazy. I mean, it certainly seemed like it, but I just can't be around anyone I know anymore. They all have those same eyes and the same dead stares and even my child, my baby. I still saw those eyes staring at me from the cars beside me, and by some strange coincidence, the same biker from the previous Friday night at the bar pulled up beside me an hour away from the hospital and followed me for nearly two miles. He'd turn and stare at me, grinning. I couldn't see his eyes through his sunglasses this time, but I knew it was the same guy. His tattoos seemed to move on their own free will. The flaming skull on his right bicep began bleeding from its eye sockets. As soon as I could, I slammed on my brakes, allowing him to fly past me as I swerved to my left and did a U-turn. I think I'd lost him. That was about an hour ago. I've been at a motel three hours out of town. The first place that I found Wi-Fi and I'm tired, and I'm shaking, and my hand itches where my wife's nails scratch me open. I honestly don't know what to do, or who I could turn to. I know the story will sound insane, and I'll probably be institutionalized, and well, I'm not sure that wouldn't be the best thing for me, but I just can't bear to look into those eyes anymore. Every time I see someone new and they stare at me, I start to panic because I know. I just know it's out there looking for me. Whatever it is. And even when I lay down and start to drift to sleep, I can hear those words. It comes. It comes.